Welcome to New Generation, an insider's guide to a clean energy future. I'm Elena Mannion. I'm a senior research analyst at American Efficient, and I'm joined by my co-host, Pete Curtis, who's the CEO of American Efficient. Hi, Pete. Hi, Elena. I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Illinois Public Utilities Commissioner Ann McCabe. Commissioner McCabe was appointed to the ICC by Governor Pritzker on February 1st of this year to a five-year term. She brings to the ICC more than 25 years of energy, environmental policy, and regulatory experience in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. She previously served on the commission from 2012 to 2017. This is her second time serving, which is so cool. In her prior term, Commissioner McCabe focused on grid modernization, power transformation, regional transmission, and nuclear issues. And for the past two years, she led the Regulatory Assistance Project, also known as RAP, as their U.S. Policy Director, a role that's currently held by our recent podcast guest, Mandy Mahoney. Outside of the commission, Anne serves on the advisory boards for Grid Forward, the Institute of Regulatory Law and Economics, and on the Delta Institute Board. She earned her master's degree in public policy from the University of Chicago and a bachelor's in political science from Williams College. Commissioner McCabe, welcome to New Generation. Good morning. Thank you. Let's uh, take a few steps back and start with maybe a high-level overview. So for those that might not be familiar, what is the Illinois Commerce Commission and what is the role of a commissioner? Sure. Um, Each state has a public utility commission. They go by different names in different states. Uh, Each state's commission's jurisdiction varies. Most regulate the state's electric, gas, and water utilities. In Illinois, we review and approve certain transmission lines and pipelines, as well as retail electric suppliers, which are alternatives to your electric utility. We also certificate distributed generation, EV charging, and energy efficiency installers. And on the transportation side, we regulate intrastate trucks, household goods movers, and collateral recovery companies, known as repo, and tow trucks. Um, You've served as a commissioner. Uh, What made you go back to the position, and what was any similarities or differences between uh, your first and later time service? So each time I've become a commissioner, major legislation has passed right before I became a commissioner. In 2012, it was the Energy Infrastructure Modernization Act, which authorized formula rates, grid hardening, and advanced metering. And most recently, it was the passage of the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act, also known as CJA, which passed in September of 2021. The bill's almost a thousand pages. In addition to the Commerce Commission, it also affects the Illinois Power Agency and other agencies. It sets high goals for renewable adoption, 40% by 2030, 50% by 2040, and net zero by 2050. So that's a big, big change in our clean energy ambition. It also increases funding to meet RPS goals from about $230 million to $580 million a year. So the other, the other change, kind of instead of formula rates, we're moving to performance-based rates through CJA, the recent legislation. 
and the we are going through a number of dockets from beneficial electrification, which includes transportation electrification, performance and tracking metrics for the utilities, beneficial electrification plans, uh, multi-year grid integrated rate plans. Yeah, so I'd say the main change is the growth in our net zero ambition, the promise of storage, uh, national labs like Argon are exploring battery technologies other than lithium ion. And uh, another change due to CJA is greater incorporation of equity and workforce development and the implementation of programs in disadvantaged communities. Wow, you guys have your hands full. <laughs> so, so besides, you know, obviously your staffs play an incredible role in, in supporting all those initiatives. There's no way one commissioner could, could know everything about all those things that you have responsibility for. And one of the critical roles I, th I think you all have is, is, as you mentioned, the transition to more clean energy resources, and that can involve a variety of things. And there's, there's, we imagine active collaboration, you know, this isn't only the commission's role, there is um, active collaboration between the transmission organizations in Illinois, and you guys happen to straddle too between MISO and PJM. How, how does your organization work with the two grids to achieve your goals? Yes, so we are in PJM and MISO, each have groups or boards of state regulators, and my colleagues are the representatives to the MISO and PGM um, state boards. We're the only deregulated state in MISO, and this past year, resource adequacy became an issue in the lower part of the state, known as MISO Zone 4, when the auction yielded very high prices compared to past years. Given our clean energy goals, we're exploring opportunities to increase the ability to transfer power between the two RTOs and also through the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act, we just approved a renewable energy access plan that Brattle and Great Lakes Engineering helped develop. It says Illinois may need between 64 and 450 terawatt hours of renewables, which is a huge range. But on the RTO side, both MISO and PGM are very involved in the study and doing analysis of retirements and new generation to better plan for the future. I'll also note that Illinois is historically a net exporter of energy, given our large nuclear fleet, and uh, that may change in the future. We may become a net importer. Um, well, speaking, um, I think New Hampshire and South Carolina are the only other two states that have that distinction. Um, in addition to being a net exporter of energy, um, what are some of the other opportunities and challenges that come along with that position? So Illinois has the most nuclear of any state. We have six plants with 11 units. Most of them are in their 30s or 40s in terms of age. So one issue is whether they'll seek an extension from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. 
And in October, Constellation announced they will seek a 20-year extension for two plants, Dresden and Clinton. Meeting our clean energy goals will uh, depend in part on the availability of carbon-free resources, including nuclear and renewable. And I'll note that through two different pieces of legislation, Illinois nuclear plants received credits that helped prevent the plant's early retirement. And now the IRA provides nuclear production tax credits as well. Thank goodness. Um, if there's anything we, in our opinion at least, that we can't afford is to shut down nuclear plants before, before they need to be. Switching gears a little bit, we recently listened to a podcast with MISO Commissioner Lauren Azar, where she was talking about transmission planning and the process they go through at MISO and how long it takes to get through all these policy processes, things that you are obviously very aware of. Um, and few appreciate how long it takes to get through that process, including siting approvals. And when you think about the transition to clean energy, what, what do you see are the, are the main bottlenecks that you all are having to deal with and how, how are you working to address those? Yes, and we have federal policy staff that devote their, their work life to these issues. You know, transmission is expensive and difficult, so process is important. I'll note that costs are increasing the portion of our utility bills due to transmission versus generation increases year over year. Much of the current planning is piecemeal, so we hope to see more robust regional planning in the future, and that will enable more opportunities for clean energy to connect more easily, hopefully save costs, help connect over large distances, and incorporate increasingly diverse resources. In my first term, MISO proposed the multi-value projects, or MVPs, which Lauren was very involved with. And uh, under that process, MISO developed a portfolio of transmission projects to help states meet their renewable portfolio standards in a more cost-effective regional way. The states and stakeholders developed a cost allocation proposal to share the MVP project costs. The transmission owners supported it. And that MVP or multi-value project process is held up as a success example. And during uh, winter storm URI, the MVPs were critical to maintaining power. So, at present, MISO is engaged in a new set of long-range transmission planning that is similarly planned and paid for. It'll be about 11 billion of projects. I think it's about four tranches, totaling uh, much more than 11 billion. And uh, eventually, that will help facilitate not only transmission and greater power sharing in kind of the Midwest region, but also greater flows between MISO South and MISO North. On the PGM side, transmission planning could be more comprehensive and better incorporate state policy objectives. And uh, you know, work continues there. 
And I'll just add that um, you know, when you're talking about transmission siding, you also get into interconnection and uh, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. And there's various efforts going on to help on the interconnection side as well. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned that I think we always find that your average consumer of electricity doesn't appreciate is that since, since we're so used to paying for electricity on a unit on a unit basis by the kilowatt hour for the most part in the United States, folks don't understand that most of the costs of, or at least a great portion of the cost of the system are fixed. You know, the, it's the wires and the transmission and all the equipment that carries the electricity. And we always find it interesting that, that uh, we're all focused on the, on the actual fuels and such, which is super important, but, but the highways and byways that get that, get that fuel to our homes represent a lot of the complexity and cost. So I just want to make sure our listeners understood that. Do you mind like kind of walking through when you're talking about these um, long-term transmission planning projects, like what are the steps involved? What's the workflow process, I guess, um, for these projects? When it comes to the RTO and ISOs, it can be you know, many years and uh, PGM is trying to modify their current process to one that is first ready. And FERC just approved some changes to the PJM process because they have an extensive queue or backlog and projects trying to connect, and those are mainly renewable projects. The issues in PJM also uh, can affect MISO because they often have to do joint studies of projects. But uh, MISO is, is, is doing pretty well on getting renewable projects moving. Well, at American Efficient, we think a lot about energy efficiency as a resource to decrease the amount of fossil fuels for the grid. We're doing a PSA right now. We have a spoke seal that is trying to encourage people to weatherize their homes. Is it the role of the commission to be involved in promoting or incentivizing energy efficiency? And if so, how? Yes. So this, depending on the state, may depend on statute. And uh, in Illinois, we have energy efficiency goals for the utilities and the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act I referred to earlier extended the required energy savings targets beyond 2030. It also expanded low-income single and multifamily household programs, including health and safety dollars to address uh, weatherization, issues like mold, which can often be a barrier to uh, households being able to get access to some of the energy efficiency funds it also allows large customers over 10 megawatts back into the electric energy efficiency programs and building electrification through electric utility energy efficiency programs is, is part of that legislation. So, so the, the commission and other agencies definitely are part of making sure energy efficiency is adopted and uh, you know, a lot of folks often say it's the first fuel and there's still a lot of potential. So 
uh, it continues to be a focus. You've had a long and successful career in energy policy. Is there something that you wish you knew when you were just starting out? Uh, that's a tough one. I, I, I always uh, tell folks to keep an open mind that each position they take leads to doors opening they would not have necessarily thought of. Uh, I think basic skills are important to every position, whether that's uh, communications, stakeholder outreach, research and analysis. I think the one area that's, that's harder to teach is how to deal with difficult people and situations. And uh, I will say there have been times where that has stumped me and I, I, I continue my, my growth curve on that front. As, as my grandfather always said uh, to me, and it always sticks with me it, and helps me in those situations, it's raise your expectations of yourself and lower them of everyone else. And uh, that's what he, and if, I don't know, if it works for me sometimes when I need to take a breath. <laughs> um, I'm going to remember that. <laughs> uh, Commissioner McCabe, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, one of the things we love to do to, to close out our conversations is to ask our guests to, if they have any recommendations of clean energy related books or articles or subscriptions that you really think are great and, and can point our listeners to. Sure. So I, I love trade press when I have time to read it, including RTO Insider, Utility Dive, Midwest Energy News. I recently started a book called High Tension by John Riggs. It's about uh, Edison, Insul, rural electrification, and public power in the FDR administration. And uh, Dick Munson's book on Nikola Tesla is also very good. And I met both Jack and Dick in my time in the state of Illinois office in Washington, D.C. Uh, many years ago. And Dick Munson now, well, he's lived in the Chicago area for quite a while. But uh, so those are a few. Those are excellent, excellent choices. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. I'm going to close out by saying if you have a question or topic idea, we'd love to hear it. Email us at newgeneration at americanefficient.com or send us a tweet at makeusefficient. If you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love the feedback and it helps new listeners find the show. Mm-hmm.